Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in. Friday edition of the show. Glad you're with us. We're excited to head into a big weekend of basketball here on the Big X. We've got Jeffersonville and Bedford North Lawrence in a big conference game. Now, it's going to be on one of our sister stations. This is a little different than other games this year. 900 a.m., or 107.3 FM. That's the station we'll be on tonight because of some conflicts here on the Big X. Saturday night, we'll be at the New Albany Doghouse. Jasper coming to town. Tell you what, for years, that has just been a great midseason game. Jasper's had a great community for sports and basketball and baseball and so many things. And, of course, New Albany has matched that, have not exceeded that. And that's always been an outstanding game here, middle part of the season. So look forward to being back at New Albany tonight or on Saturday night, excuse me, for that game. So a doubleheader of coverage. And, of course, we also have Indiana-Illinois on Saturday as well. A busy weekend of high school and college hoops play-by-play here on the Big X and our network of stations for sure. Let's look at the show lineup today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one in just a moment, New Albany coach Jason Jones will stop by. We'll talk about the Bulldogs in his first season having a great year so far with a big opportunity this weekend to maybe pick up a couple additional wins. And, of course, this New Albany team looking ahead, I'm sure, to the sectional, Jeffersonville, New Albany. I think the two picks to watch in that 4A Seymour sectional coming up here about a month from now. Also, later today, it's Friday, which means Dylan Wallace will be with us. We'll get the latest on IU basketball with Dylan. We'll preview Indiana-Illinois with Dylan. We'll talk Xavier Johnson and his slump. We'll talk about what some former IU players in the last week or two have had to say about Coach Woodson and this Indiana basketball program. And I saw last night the spring game has been set for IU football. We haven't recently had a spring game under Coach Tom Allen, but uh, Coach Signetti announcing a spring game coming up in late April, and we'll talk some about that as well. Later in the hour, it's Friday, which means Kyle Nedenrip of the Indianapolis Star is with us. Kyle is one of the great uh, writers and uh, reporters on high school basketball and recruiting in our state, and he's been a longtime regular guest here on this show, so we look forward to catching up with him on some hoops and some recruiting and much more later in the hour. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Check them out today for a delicious lunch. They've got great sandwiches, salads, and soups 
All of it's made fresh daily, and it will surely satisfy any craving you have. You might even find something else to take home, as they have a variety of dinner packages. Give Honey Baked Ham in New Albany a try. I think you'll be glad that you did. Thornton's text line is always open during this hour. The number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Question for Coach Jones. Going to a high school game tonight. Uh, Thoughts on IU, Illinois, whatever it may be. You can send them in, 502-414-1450. And if you're looking for an icy, cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's. Let's get right to our first guest, Jason Jones, in his first season as the New Albany head coach. Off to a fantastic start as we reach the end of the month after this weekend. The Bulldogs heading into the weekend, 11 wins three losses. Coach Jones, congratulations on an outstanding start to the year and to your career at New Albany High School. Thanks. Appreciate that. Appreciate having me on. Absolutely. Coach, uh, let's look at the weekend first. Uh, Evansville North on the road tonight. Jasper coming up on Saturday. I'm sure your focus all week has been the Huskies of North. Both teams about 500. Tell us what to expect for fans headed out to Evansville tonight or to the doghouse on Saturday. Yeah, I think both opponents uh, pose some different challenges for us. You know, both are going to play really hard, well-coached teams. You know, Evansville North has some size at 6'10", 6'6", 6'5", which obviously if you've been out to watch us play, you know that size is not a – we don't have a lot of that size. So we'll have to uh, try to play fast and counter some of that size inside and uh, see how that shakes out tonight. And, you know, Jasper's just, you know, just tremendous, tremendous program, great coaching. They'll be physical. They'll be tough. They'll be well-prepared. And so it should be two big challenges for us this weekend. Jason Jones of New Albany with us here on our Friday show. Coach, when I think about the Bulldogs this year, there have been some outstanding moments for certain players, but I really think about a lot of balance, and I know that makes a team dangerous when you never know on any given night who might step up and lead the way. And you've had a whole bunch of different guys uh, lead the way in scoring in some of the biggest games of the year. And I think that you've probably seen, especially as the head coach in practice with these guys every day, you've seen some of these players' confidence take off here this season. Can you talk about the balance of this Bulldog team, and can you talk about maybe the growth uh, in this season of some of the players you've seen? Yeah, I think balance is our strength. I think right now uh, I think we have five players averaging double figures, if not close to six, uh, which, you know, I think that's allowed us to score the ball in a lot of different ways. Uh, You know, it's been fun to watch kids' confidence grow as the season has progressed, as they've gotten more comfortable with the system. Uh, I think learn to play off each other a little bit, and, and our spacing has improved, which leads to better shot selection. And, uh, you know, we just try to, you know, one of our goals as a staff is to get kids to play with a free mind. Uh, I think that's so big, as, as, especially as a shooter, to know that, you know, when you take a shot, you, you're taking it because it's the right shot at the right time, and you believe it's going to go in. And, uh, you know, like I said, we've had so many. I think we've had five different guys go for 20. And uh, so it's always a little bit interesting for us of who's going to have a big night for us. But inevitably, so far this year, somebody's stepped up every night. Talking with Jason Jones of New Albany, his team with a game at Evansville North tonight, Jasper back at the doghouse on Saturday. 
Coach, one player that we've talked about before specifically is Chris Lampkins. And I know as you start to gear up for the postseason, which is really about a month away from from now, um, he's going to be somebody that even despite balance, you're going to rely on for some big moments and for some leadership as well. I think Chris, uh, and again, you're with him every day in practice, but I think with Chris, uh, I, I see improvements. I see his game coming together almost each and every game that he's out there playing even more so. Uh, his best basketball, I really believe, is definitely ahead of him as he continues to figure out who he is as a player and how to use all the uh, athletic abilities that he has. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's he's made tremendous strides and, and shown a ton of growth over the course of the year already. Uh, like you said, I think he he finds out something new about his game uh, each and every night. You know, I think he's really figured out a variety of ways to score the basketball. And really, I think over the last couple of weeks, his passing has really gone to the next level. As he's seen some double teams and some different things, he's really done a nice job of finding our, our shooters. And, and we've been fortunate to have guys make shots around that. And uh, I think, you know, I think Chris, along with the multiple other guys on our team, you know, we're pretty young in terms of, you know, true varsity experience. A lot, a lot of uh, juniors and sophomores and even our seniors didn't play a lot of varsity last year. And so I think uh, they're all learning and growing daily, and it's it's been fun to be a part of that. Coach, I believe last time you were with us, uh, there was a player really breaking out that a lot of people locally, including New Albany fans, didn't know a lot about. His name is Tremaine Washington. He was a transfer in the offseason from over in Louisville. And uh, he has uh, come off the bench some for you. I believe more recently maybe he has started a few games for New Albany as well. But it feels like all the big games we've been at to broadcast here on the Big X, uh, Tremaine Washington has shot it well and has had some outstanding performances for your team. I know that he was a new name coming into the season, but he sure has been a big part of the balance you talk about with this team. Yeah, I mean, he's it's you know he's done so much for us, and I think what makes him special is that he'll do whatever we ask. If that, if that means coming off the bench, he does that. And lately, he has been starting for us, and you know, I think 24 at Silver Creek the other night just hit multiple big shots that kind of really, as they made their comeback and took the lead, he hit some shots that really changed the balance of that game. Uh, he's had, I think, three or four 20-point outings. Whether that's been off the bench or starting, it hasn't mattered. And super efficient. I mean, he's shooting it at a very high clip, scores the ball in a variety of ways. And I think the best thing about him is he just – he always think he's going to make the right play, whether that's to shoot it or pass it. His decision-making has been really, really good. Coach Jones of New Albany with us. Coach, a couple things not related necessarily to the team this season I wanted to ask. One of these things I mentioned yesterday promoting your appearance today on the show, you've coached a lot of different places. And on air, off air, it's been neat to ask you some questions and learn about uh, what other states are like? What are their tournaments like? What are the fans like? I'm always interested in that. So one of the things I'm curious about as we get ready for your first sectional here in basketball crazy Indiana, which I know you're excited about. I know you uh, know a lot about Seymour, Lloyd E. Scott Gymnasium, the history there of that gymnasium when it comes to, to some of the local teams. But of all the places you've coached, big schools, smaller schools, different types of communities, have you ever coached a team into the postseason where the postseason is truly a blind draw and there's no seeded uh, uh, bracket based on your standings or your finish in the regular season? 
No, I've never coached in another state uh, where that is the case. Everywhere I've been, uh, your your regular season determines your seed for the postseason. Um, you know, there's pros and cons to both systems, I think. You know, I think the one nice thing about seeding based on your regular season is you're rewarded for having a good regular season. Um, and, and it, you know, I, in my first year in Indiana, we'll see how it shakes out. I, you know, it's, it's going to be exciting regardless of, of the draws and things like that. But I think one thing seeding does do is it, it gives your championship matchups at least the best available options on paper to get the better teams in those championship games. But at the end of the day, you got to beat everybody to get where you want to go. It doesn't matter if you're playing first, second, third, fourth, it doesn't matter. So I'm excited for this first, uh, first postseason here for sure. Absolutely. Uh, Coach Jones of New Albany. Uh, I was at the Hazelwood Scribner game for a bit earlier this week. I believe uh, someone mentioned there may have been 1,200 people in the stands for that game. I'm not sure if that was the exact number, but I'll tell you what, there was a wonderful crowd there when I arrived in between seventh and eighth grade, those ball games. Um, We've talked about this, New Albany basketball, the community, but uh, is it crazy to you? Is it really neat to you to see uh, fans? I saw a lot of season ticket holders there checking out some of the future New Albany talent that's in the system right now. Uh, how, how different is that for you to see that interest from a community, even all the way down to the young levels? Yeah, it's very different from most places, I think. You know, our our fan base is so passionate about uh, what we do here, and they want to be involved they care and it's it's fun to be a part of that you know i think most places typically your parents grandparents aunts uncles they're involved while their kids go through and then once their kids are done you know most of the time they still watch from afar but their their interest level wanes at that point in time and it's been really fun to see that the just the generational support here and you know it's awesome to see so many of our season ticket holders out the other night to, to support our middle school teams and and want to talk about the future of the program and, and some exciting talent that we have in the pipeline for sure. Absolutely. Jason Jones of New Albany. Coach, best of luck this weekend. We know you'll hit the road tonight for Evansville North. We'll see you at the New Albany Doghouse on Saturday, and always uh, great to be there at the Doghouse. Well, I appreciate it, and uh, again, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Jason Jones of New Albany with us to start our Friday program what a start for him, 11-3 and three on the season, the opportunity to pick up some additional wins this weekend at North tonight, Jasper at home on Saturday night. And looking ahead, a Thursday night game the following week at Jennings County, that could be interesting, a Hoosier Hills Conference matchup. Jennings is a little deceiving. Their record is just 7-9, and nine, but they have some shooters that when they are hot, they are going to be tough for anybody to handle. Uh, Columbus East, uh, definitely a favorite uh, would New Albany be in that contest that's a future game looking ahead to the game at Providence I think that could be a battle but New Albany might be a favorite in that contest based on how they played and uh, the results so far this season then Bedford at home uh, Bedford a challenge in the Hoosier Hills Conference a tough game for New Albany will be at Brownstown with Jack Benner they're rolling and getting ready for the postseason and then Bloomington North on the road 
to finish up the regular season. So this new Albany team, I think a legitimate chance at 15 or so wins in the regular season and uh, a wonderful start for Jason Jones as he comes in from Kansas a year ago. But yeah, at that middle school game on Saturday, or on, excuse me, earlier this week, um, I got a chance to talk with Coach Jones. Just crazy in a good way to see that sort of support from fans, uh, parents, and everybody involved. It reminds you that basketball in New Albany and basketball in Southern Indiana, it's it's different here. It, it, it just matters at an entirely different level here. So it was really neat to see that on Saturday. And uh, obviously for him, coming into a basketball crazy state uh, has to be really unique and a neat thing as well. All right, Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Uh, you can send in your questions, your comments to the Thornton's text line. Uh, we would love to have you uh, have your input. Texter says, in the beginning of the season, it was said IU would lose and win some games they shouldn't. Hopefully the winning will start real soon or it may be too late for the tournament. Um, yeah, I agree. Uh, I think I've said, and a lot of people would tell you, uh, the path for the NCAA tournament is going to be really, really hard for this team no matter what happens. Um, but there are some quad one games left, not a ton, not as much as some other Big Ten teams have left on their schedule. I went through that, I think, sometime late last week. But, uh, yeah, Indiana, I think, is going to be a long shot for the NCAA tournament this year unless something really, really changes, starting with this game coming up Saturday uh, with Illinois. We'll head to a commercial break. We're back with Dylan Wallace. We'll talk IU Illinois and a lot more. Still ahead, Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star as well. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Friday edition of the show. Thornton's text line open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Dylan Wallace, former sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, with us in this segment as we talk IU basketball, football, and more. And Dylan, as we head into the game against Illinois, it is really, truly do-or-die time for this Indiana team as far as it comes to the NCAA tournament. Yep, it really is. Um, you know, this is a really good opportunity to get a you know their first quad one win of the season. Um, a really impressive road win if they were to go into campaign and get the victory. But um, just it, it's tough to imagine a world in which Indiana does that. Um, I think the the hope is they've had a week off to really maybe reset a little bit, um, get guys healthy. Hopefully, Clearwater's able to go get guys' minds right and just sort of, you know, look at what have we been doing wrong, what can we fix, can we turn this thing around? You know, last year Indiana hit uh, a tough spot and they were able to turn things around, but they had a different roster. You know, they had more experienced players, they had veterans, they had guys who had kind of been through it before. This is a different type of team um, that has just really struggled when adversity hits. They've really struggled in conference play so far. Um, if, you're, if you're ever going to find a way to salvage this season, 
starting it out with a, a top 10 road win or top 15 road win at Illinois on Saturday um, is the way to do it. So I think that's that's the hope if you're going to salvage something is to show out in Champaign. Illinois coming off a overtime loss to Northwestern. Um, so, you know, they're probably going to be a little bit more motivated to kind of get things right there. They're, they're competing for a top seed in the Big Ten Conference. So um, it's going to be a, a big game for both teams trying to – to do different things, but uh, a huge game for Indiana. They're going to get things turned around. They need uh, a signature win, and this could hopefully propel them going forward because the schedule uh, doesn't really do them any favors. They got a lot of tough games left. Um, I think it's one of the harder Big Ten, hard, one of the harder conf, you know conference schedules remaining in, in the Big Ten. So a lot of work to do, but you know a lot of tough games and a lot of opportunity. And first one's tomorrow, and let's see what they can do with it. Talking with Dylan Wallace on IU basketball. Um, I read something earlier today about Xavier Johnson and the slump that he is in. Uh, he is down to 7.8 per points per game as his average, 2.1 assists per game. All those are career lows. And he has 10 points combined over the last three games on 2 of 11 shooting. So uh, coming off the injuries, the flagrant foul, the just slump that he's in right now, um, he's somebody as a six-year player that you simply have to get more from. Coach Woodson seems to be uh, willing to ride with him and uh, continue to give him these opportunities. I know some fans are very frustrated with Xavier Johnson, not just the uh, lackluster performances, which happened, the injuries, which are uncontrollable, but the flagrant foul in that situation, I know, uh, really turned a lot of people off. Does Mike Woodson continue to ride with Xavier the rest of the season, or at some point, if things aren't going in a good direction at all, do you just make some wholesale changes? I think it, from from the comments Woodson has made and you know the stuff that he was saying yesterday, it seems like he's going to continue to ride with Xavier Johnson. Um, you know, I don't know if he's ever going to insert him back into starting lineup, but it does seem like Woodson is going to keep giving him minutes and see which Xavier Johnson shows up. If he's engaged, playing defense, um, you know, doing nice things, not hurting the team, he might be able to give him twenty minutes a game. But um, if he's if he's struggling again, I'm sure Woodson will, will kind of pull the pull the trigger and not play him but um it seems like he's going to keep giving him chances here to, to try to get play him better and um you know it's just a really unfortunate situation that's happened uh you know i think going into the season we all sort of expected if this team was going to reach its ceiling you know Xavier Johnson would be that point guard that you know we haven't really seen since the end of the the 2022 season um you know and that's that's, that's a long time. We're, we're, we're far removed from that, where they, they went on that run in the Big Ten tournament and kind of the end of the regular season. He was, he was hitting on all cylinders with Trace Jackson Davis and just playing within himself and just distributing the ball, and his numbers look great. Um, you know, we, we didn't really see it last year. He didn't play a whole lot. He got injured, and he was out the whole season. And then he gets the waiver to come back, and, um, you know, he just came back to a different team. It's not the same guy that he kind of built that chemistry with. It's a brand-new set of characters. And, you know, him getting hurt at the beginning of the year obviously didn't help. But now he's coming, now that he's come back, it's just been just a really tough. And it just doesn't seem like he's vibing with his team. They're gelling with him. And it's kind of everyone on the roster right now, but especially with David Johnson, who you know, is just sort of such a runs-hot-and-cold type player. We just haven't seen him run on at all. It's, it's been really, really tough to watch. Um, I think it's even worse because the fans have gotten impatient with him, like you said. And you can even hear it. For, during home games, when he checks in, there's murmurs if he turns the ball over. When he checks out, there's a big applause. It's just like 
that can't be helping his mindset either. And, you know, I'm not saying the fans shouldn't do that. Obviously, he's, he's given them reason to, to not like what he's been bringing to the floor. But everything just building up into that has just been uh, really, really tough to watch. Um, and, and I kind of feel for him because it's just, you know, you, you wish he was going to be that player that we saw from 2022 at the end. And it just hasn't been that way. Um, and, it's, and it's tough to watch. But I, I do think he... He did play a little better uh, in that Wisconsin game. You know, he had that really dumb foul at the end of the, the first half where he put him on the line. But, you know, in the second half, I know uh, no team was really playing defense, but I thought he saw, showed some, some good drives of the basket and, and, and played pretty, pretty, pretty okay. So, you know, if anything, if you're looking for any glimmer, you would say he played decent. You know, hopefully he can take that and take this week and kind of get back into a groove. Um, but it's just – it's been tough to watch. And But I do think Woodson – because of how much he's been through with X, you know, he's, he's obviously had a lot of disciplinary things that has happened in his career in Indiana, and Woodson has always kind of stuck with him. So I would be shocked now if he goes away from him. So I think we're going to continue to see him play, and hopefully he just starts to play better. Because, uh, you know, if this team is going to turn around somehow, which which seems unlikely, you know, you would think he's, he's, a, he's a part of it and is at least playing better and, and under control. So... Uh, we'll see how it we feel, we'll see how it plays out, um, but it's been it's been a really really rough season for David Johnson and for the team in general. Dylan Wallace, my guest, we're talking IU basketball. I haven't brought this up yet on the show, but I think today's a, a good time. Um, there have been some, I don't want to say harsh criticisms, but definitely some concerns about Mike Woodson from former IU players. Now, obviously, nobody that he coached in his short time uh, guiding the Hoosiers, but Derek Elston and also Christian Watford, they host a podcast together. And uh, there were some critiques of the offense and, uh, you know, questions about why Indiana's fell below certain teams in the Big Ten Conference standings. And then the one that I think I listened to or someone sent me was Brian Evans. He was being interviewed on another radio program in Indianapolis. And uh, I'm I'm, um, uh, paraphrasing here, but he said he was concerned about the overall state of the program. And even worse, he was concerned it might get worse and not better. Any thoughts on former players? Not saying anything terribly out of line, but there is some vocal uh, bounce back to Mike Woodson. And, of course, there was a big push for a former player to get the job. The last few times it's come open, Mike Woodson uh, was that person. And uh, a few former players, uh, they're not uh, necessarily protecting the, the the program that they were once part of. They're They're asking questions like a lot of fans are currently as well. Yeah, I, I think I think it's fair for them to ask those questions because it's just just what we've all been seeing on the floor, you know, it deserves us to sort of be like, what is going on with the program right now? Um, you know, you have in addition to all the well, what is it? You know, three flagrants in, in four games or whatever. It's just like that's not really Indiana basketball. And then if you put that aside, just stylistically, the way they're playing on offense, you know, we were we were told sort of that. You know, they, they tanned their offense because they had an All-American player, NBA draft pick, and Trace Jackson Davis, which, you know, makes a lot of sense. And, and you can't fault them for that. And Trace was amazing in his senior year. And, you know, they they deserve the credit to, to really turn that season around last year. But, you know, we were told there could be a new a new style, a more kind of modern approach, and it just just hasn't been that at all. Um, and that's really the, been the, the main concern. You know, there's a infatuation with, with – shot taking and taking a long two as opposed to, to shooting the three ball, which, you know, just analytically is, is not the smart thing to do. And, you know, it just sometimes in his press conferences, Woodson is, 
is talking about just how, you know, we, we take enough threes, we seem to make more and all this stuff. And it just doesn't seem like he's really quite got the right kind of grip on, on the pulse of this team right now and then what they need and what they need to do. And I think, you know, in addition to the offense being bad, the defense has been, you know, equally as bad. You know, it's just like the, the, the allowing other teams to just get wide open threes and easy baskets and going on 20 to 2 scoring runs. Um, especially when any of on the road, it's just been really tough to watch. And it just, there's just like a philosophy approach that I think fans are seeing. There's a game plan approach that fans have been seeing this year and former players, obviously. It's just like, what, what's going on with this team? They don't look like they're prepared to play the right way. Um, they're doing all these questionable things. And, you know, I think Woodson deserves credit when he came in. You know, he was sort of like, I'm the IU guy. He, he got a lot of, you know, former players to kind of, you know, talk about the program, want to be back part of it. You know, we, we've talked about that stuff the last few years, too, when, when he would bring everybody back and get people involved, have guys at practices, all that stuff. And, you know, Indiana did make the tournament the last two seasons, so, you know, there was positive momentum riding with it. And, but now, in a season where it's just gone in the complete opposite directions, I think it's totally fair for, for players, to, former players, to be talking like, what is going on? You know, this is, we thought we had the guy in here who understood you know, what it meant to, to lead in basketball and, and get things going in the right direction. And although the first two years seemed like we were heading that way, it, it's really kind of turned around. And, and that's a little concerning, um, you know, and I think with the way this season has been going, if it doesn't, it, it could get worse. You know, like you said, like they've been saying, that you know, it feels like it could be getting worse before it gets better, which is a, a concern. And it's already, it's already pretty toxic right now with the fans and everyone's getting a little, you know, angst and like, you know, no one wants to watch this team play like this and then lose like this and lose all these games. So um, it's been it's been really really rough out there. But you know, if, if he can somehow turn this around, I think everyone will be pretty happy about it. But I do think the questions, the questions and criticisms have been pretty fair because you know everyone's watching the same games and everyone seems to have the same questions and you're just wondering at some point will things change? And, and you know, this, this they got a whole week off this week, so. You, know, you, you better hope that on, on Saturday in Illinois, there's some different things that they do, um, whether it's you know how they're running certain things on defense or the stuff they run on offense or just you know the effort they play with. You would hope there's a new level of energy and focus after this week on us to sort of reset things. And if they come out and look like they have been the last few weeks and get blown out of Illinois, then I, I don't know what to tell you. This season seems like it'd be lost by then. And it's just like, it's tough. you know. So it's, it's, it's a tough thing that we're going to see and, there's a lot of games left, though, so we'll see how it plays out. But I think all the criticism has been fair so far. Dylan Wallace with us here on our Friday show. A quick IU football note before we let you go. We're going to get a spring game this year. It was announced yesterday by Indiana that there will be a spring game, 8 p.m. on Thursday, April 18th. And if my memory is correct, it's been a while since we had a true spring game. I think Tom Allen either never had one or got away from it during his time as the IU football coach. So uh, I guess it makes sense. New coach, building some excitement. You get to see uh, the start of his new product on the field. I think April 18th will be a fun night for IU football. It's great. It's so good to have it back. I think I think you're right. I think maybe Allen did it like one year really early, but I don't remember. You know, Allen took over in the December of like 2016, which was like my freshman year at Indiana. So – you know, after that, I don't really remember having a whole lot of spring games that, like, we would go to as, as student media members or anything. So um, to have it back, 
is always a positive. Um, and the weekend that it is is very important. You know, it's, it's a little 500 weekend. Um, so you're bringing people in um, for that weekend. It's going to be a packed in Bloomington. There's going to be a lot going on. And, you know, as, as a recruiting tactic, too, um, you know, it's, it's just nice to have, you know, football events and scheduled things around when things are happening around Bloomington. So you can kind of get, you know, have a good pitch, a big sell to people about what, you know, how fun it could be to, to, to be a part of this, you know, kind of culture and, and atmosphere at Indiana University. So I think you know, the timing of it is really good. And just overall having it back is a good thing. And it's a good and it's a thing for fans to, you know, be able to actually see the team. You know, these last however many years it's been, you know, everyone's gone to the offseason just being like, we don't know anything because we haven't seen anyone do anything on the field um, aside from maybe a few cactus clips. And you know, you're not going to come away with any huge takeaways from, from a spring game, you know, but you're going to be able to at least see some players, see the team, see the coaching staff. It's, it's a good interactive thing. And, you know, I think Signetti has already been, you know, a really kind of positive force for Indiana fans right now to get behind. So, um, you know, I think – I think having the spring game just adds to it. It gives the fans a chance to come out and see the team, and I think there's going to be some excitement built up around it, which is good. And, and like I mentioned before, just the weekend that, it's, that falls on heading into Little 500, the women's race Friday, the men's race Saturday, um, just overall a, a good good kind of tactical thing by, by the program. So I'm excited for that, and it should be a good time for Indiana fans. Talking with Dylan Wallace. Dylan, thank you for checking in here on Friday per usual. Have a great weekend. We'll do it again next Friday. Yes, thanks. You too. All right. Uh, Thornton's text line open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. To a quick commercial break we go. We're back with Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star for some high school basketball chatter and a little recruiting talk as well. Girls sectionals begin next week uh, here in the Hoosier State. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Friday show. Don't forget high school basketball tonight on 900 AM or 107.3 FM. Uh, that's uh, our sister station, so at least a couple of them. We'll have Jeffersonville hosting Bedford North Lawrence on Friday night in a big Hoosier Hills Conference game. And then Saturday, we're back on the Big X. We'll have New Albany Jasper at the New Albany Doghouse on Saturday night. So a lot of fun coming up here on both nights. Hope you'll join us if you can't make it out to the game. Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star with us here in this final segment of the program and of the week. And Kyle, I know we say this a lot, but the year is moving along quickly. Girls sectional action next week. I know in our part of the state, we're thinking about a potential Borden-Lanesville championship matchup on Saturday night at West Washington in 1A hoops. Uh, Take us across the state. Girls sectionals this week. Anything stand out to you? And can you believe that postseason basketball is here? 
Yeah, it's hard to believe it's almost uh, here already, and uh, should be a great event uh, starting next week. And you know, hard to believe we're ticking down the uh, the, the days to uh, you know the state championship already in, in girls basketball. So, uh, yeah, I mean Brian Hinchin covers most of the girls for us, so I'm not as nearly as caught up on it as as he would be. But I expect you know. Some of the same, you know, Lawrence uh, Central is a team that hasn't won a section in a long time around here. That's a that's a school that uh, I, I think has a real good opportunity potentially this year to to get through. They're always a very tough sectional as well uh, over there, but uh, you know, think they have a chance. And uh, you know, it's just uh, Bedford North Lawrence uh, can they can they uh, rise up? You know, I know uh, uh, Chloe Spring down there is an awesome player, and you know, everybody had a chance to kind of see what she can do last year. But uh, but yeah, it should be a really you know, interesting uh, event next week, and I uh, can't wait to see you know, what happens there. Talking with Kyle Nedenrip of the Indianapolis Star, we're in the final month, basically, of the boys' regular season. About a month from now, we'll have the first round of sectional ball games. As we head into this month, let's start with 4A. That's the biggest class as far as school enrollments. Who's your choice to be a state finalist or a state championship at this point of the season? Well, I had a chance to see Lawrence North on uh, Wednesday, and they really kind of struggled with uh, with New Pal, and you know they stayed undefeated. Um, but uh, you, know, it was, it, you know, sometimes there's that Marion County Championship hangover a little bit that, and I think it's kind of jumped up and uh, and bitten Lawrence North a bit, but they've still been able to win. So uh, they had a tough game with North Central, and uh, and again, like I said, with New Pal this past uh, week but uh you know to me i think they're the team that's got the most uh ability they've got the most uh, balance as far as size guard play everything else that goes into it um i think that you know fishers is obviously right there they've been a you know they've been a team that you know has also gone undefeated so far this season and uh you know i think they've you know their full court press kind of wears people down um you know so it's it's a uh, yeah, I think those two are kind of one A and one B around here. But then you know you've got a lot of other teams who are who are right behind them. You know, like uh, Westfield, which was undefeated until they lost to Brownsburg last weekend. Um, you know, uh, Noblesville, which I think is a very good team as well in that same sectional with uh, you know Fishers. Uh, so that that you know kind of typically up here it's been you know in Class Four anyway that sectional ten, which is which will be LN and, and Cathedral and Attics and. You didn't even mention those two teams. They played for the city championship this week, and Attics beat Cathedral in a really, really good game. Um, so I think those two teams also have a chance uh, against LN and, and North Central and those in those teams there. But uh, but yeah, sectional eight too, uh, with uh, you know Westfield, Noblesville, Fishers, HSE's been playing a lot better. Um, you know, it's 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 always uh, surprising. You know, we only end up with two of those teams. You know, out of those. You know, whatever it is, 14, 15 teams total out of those two sectionals, only two get out of it, and then uh, the rest are sent at home. So it's always a, it's always tough, always a challenge in that sectional, and those, especially those two. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of really good ones in there. Sectional 10 is probably better than, you know, probably going into the season you even thought it would be. So uh, it will be really interesting to see what the brackets look like when the uh, those pairings come out next month. 
Kyle, from a recruiting perspective, I, I would say Jalen Harrelson is uh, still obviously big for Indiana uh, and, and Purdue and so many Big Ten teams. Trent Sicily as well. He's had a number of visitors to see his games dating all the way back to the fall months for open gyms and practices. Um, I'm going to ask a general question here uh, with Indiana having some struggles. Um, how, how does in-season struggle uh, affect recruitment of some of these top players or uh, with relationships and the ability to quickly tra- change things around because of the transfer portal, um, does maybe some losses here and there or having a missed NCAA tournament potentially this season for Indiana, does it not stymie or hurt recruiting like maybe it did some years ago? Yeah, I think it's it's probably dependent on the situation of the of the prospect as well, like how many – you know what are what are his other options? You know, and a, and a guy like Harrelson, obviously, or you know, or someone of that ilk, uh, has a lot of other options. And you know, it kind of depends on a multitude of things. But you know, it's never good, obviously, to uh, to have those struggles. And you know, it, it can't be a necessarily a positive thing. You know what I mean? But but I think at the same standpoint, it's a uh, you know, it's kind of dependent on the situation, uh, dependent on. The, the coach's stability, um, you know, speaking more generally than uh, probably anything here, but, but, you know, I've seen it work both ways too, where, uh, you know, an opportunity is there for someone to come in and, you know, make a, an impact right away. You also factor in NIL, to be honest with you at this point, you know, what are the NIL opportunities uh, for, a, for a player at, at whatever school, um, you know, for example, like, uh, you know, we saw uh, Dylan Rayola, you know, one of the top, football prospects in the country uh, go to Nebraska and at, at, that's a school that hasn't had any success recently or hasn't had much success at all here recently uh, but he decommits from Georgia and there's a family connection there but you know just as an example you know it's a lot of NIL opportunities a lot of uh, playing time opportunities uh, so that's a different situation but kind of the same as, as what you might be coming into with the, an IU team that's not been as good um, you know, as, as some other schools that may be on his list. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's a, it's situational, but there's also, you know, some, some of the same, you can correlate some of the same things from, uh, you know, different, different player to, to, you know, different players, you know, just as far as what they're looking at in a school in particular. And sometimes that playing time matters, you know, and, and uh, it may, you know, whoever's coming in too could, could matter too what the, incoming recruiting class looks like you know those relationships matter as well so uh that's kind of a long i mean i just think it's a lot of things uh you know so it's it's not but yeah i think on court struggles and and on field struggles in football uh you know those those things do uh they they take away momentum probably more than anything and and sometimes you can feel that with the program Talking with Kyle Nedenrip of the Indianapolis Star. Kyle, uh, a lot of big games uh, have been played. There are some big ones to come next week with girls' sectionals um, and obviously the boys' state tournament still ahead. Uh, what's on your radar this weekend and maybe beyond some of the big games in central Indiana you'll be checking out? Yeah, I'm going to head up to uh, Pendleton Heights tonight to see uh, Pendleton Heights plays Greenfield Central, which, uh, you know, one of those guys in the 2025 class um, – is, is playing tonight, Braylon Mullins uh, from Greenfield. So uh, I haven't seen him since early in the season. So looking forward to uh, you know getting a look at what he's doing now. And his team's undefeated too. So uh, they've been off to a great start to this year. And looking forward to seeing seeing him play. And then tomorrow, 
I'm kind of still up in the air. I think I may go see Garen Catholic and uh, Noblesville in the at. They play a two thirty game actually, and then uh, kind of see what where it takes me from there. So, uh, but yeah, I've seen seen a a ton of basketball. <laughs> so yeah, looking forward to this last uh, month or so of the season. Then of course, uh, you know, we get we get set for sectional play. So a lot of good things coming, and uh, looking forward to uh, a lot more hoops here. It's a fun time of year right now, and especially once uh, we get to the end of February here. Absolutely, Kyle Nedrip, Indianapolis Star. He joins us Fridays. Kyle, have a great weekend. Catch some good games, and we'll talk next week. All right, thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. All right, Kyle Nedrip, always with us uh, on the program here each Friday. That's going to wrap things up for this week. Uh, don't forget high school basketball tonight. Bedford and Jeffersonville will have the play-by-play call of that game on 900 a.m. and 107.3 FM as well. I'm going to tweet out, uh, put on social media uh, some of the uh, listening details uh, for those of you that want to join us tonight for that broadcast. I know it's a little different than the streaming and uh, the Big X stuff, so we'll get that out here in just a bit. Also, Saturday, New Albany hosting Jasper at the Doghouse. We'll be on the air both nights around 7:10, 7:12, somewhere in there, and uh, we'll have uh, both games. Saturday, we'll be back on the Big X, and of course, the Indiana game uh, on the Big X Saturday as well. So, a busy weekend uh, when it comes to play-by-play here on the Big X and our family of stations. Have a great Friday. Uh, I believe a little bit of winter weather is possible Possible, excuse me, on Sunday, although I don't think it's going to be cold enough to amount to anything major. So uh, stay tuned for that and uh, enjoy basketball this weekend. You know, we'll be back Monday at 11 a.m. to recap everything here on the show. And uh, one text message I did want to squeeze in here before we sign off for the week. Texter says, if Lanesville or Borden comes out of their girls' sectional, which one would be more likely to win state? Uh, That's a good question. I think either team, whoever comes out of that sectional, has a great chance to say, let's say, make a deep run, uh, whether they win a state championship or not or would be the favorite I can't say that I know enough to know, but I think whoever wins has a chance to to, to go two or three weeks into the tournament for sure. Uh, thank you for the text. That's going to wrap things up. Have a great weekend. Back Monday, this is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.